welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast, our local listeners on Talk Radio WWDB, and our news station, WPEN HD 2, 97.5 FM. This week, we will talk to Jimmy Coons' Culinary Creations at the Truffleist. Then we will talk to NFL and CFL star Justin Renfro. And he will talk about how he is supporting the community through food. And then we end this fabulous episode with a great interview with Mark Casasanto, Director of Operations at Imperial Event Security Services and a featured columnist at Philadelphia Row Home Magazines. Amaris Pollock, introduce your great guest. And I'd like to introduce Jimmy Coons to our show. Jimmy, thank you for calling in. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, I am, I've, I actually first was introduced to the truffle, um, your truffle hot sauce at the Christmas Village in Philadelphia. Uh, I have to say I fell in love almost immediately and had to buy a bottle, and I've bought numerous bottles since. And um, right now in front of me in studio, I have the hot sauce, you know, a brand new spanking bottle because I went through the last one. Um, along with the truffle, uh, the truffle sauce and your truffle oil, you incorporate truffles into all of your products, and it is amazing. How did you get started? Uh, thank you so much for the positive feedback. I'm I'm glad you love the hot sauce. That one's definitely a a, a cool item. Um, to answer your question, yeah, we started pretty pretty small, bootstrapped. It was just me on my scooter, essentially going door to door selling truffle butter uh, in New York City to small specialty cheese shops. Um, then we like started doing smorgasburg and expanded to our cheesesteak kind of side business that we do too. So it's pretty, pretty bootstrapped. We were just rent a kitchen out and produce truffle butter. And now the line expands to 16 different SKUs, everything from truffle-infused bratwurst to mousse de foie gras with truffles to obviously your truffle oil, your truffle sauce, and, and the hot sauce. Um, it's It's been such a fun journey. Uh, definitely continue to grind, and uh, I would I would definitely do it all over again. I would probably do it a little bit differently, but uh, it's been, uh, it's just been a fun journey, and I always tell my crew, my staff, the minute we're not having a good time anymore is the minute uh, I don't do it. So it's definitely a passion project from really the love of food. So to circle back, we, we made this flagship truffle butter for friends and family. It's the most concentrated truffle butter on the market. That's made with black winter truffles. Um, Most truffle products are made with summer truffle. And it's literally the recipe is one pound of black winter truffles to five pounds of butter with a little bit of salt. So that's really the flagship product, the one that started it all. Um, and then we expanded from there. 
I was going to say, because I read on your bio that you actually started this due to a wedding gift. And in essentially that passion of yours, you gave away as a gift and then got contacted and were like, you know, can you make this? At least that's what I've um, read. Yeah, no, totally. So that first batch was made with my uncle and I. Um, I was selling salami for about two years for a small company. So I was a little bit ahead of the game before I, I started my thing. But we, we just bought some truffles and we made this and then we just gave it out as gifts. And then he was actually our our investor in the beginning. We didn't take on any partners or still have no partners. He just helped me out and we just started selling it. And we had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, here we are today. So it's, it's always good when you come out. I always think food gifts are the best gifts. So, uh, yeah, that was, that I, I believe he gave it to somebody's wedding. I, I just kept giving it out for holidays and people were like blown away by it. It is my one liner for that product is it's the next best thing to, to table side shaving. It's super pure. It's not as pungent as what you're used to. Um, it, it, it really is beautiful on top of a steak or mixed in with pasta. I mean, I have to agree. It's it's wonderful in pasta. And, you know, one of the things that I love about your products is no matter what you actually purchase, you can see, like, there is definitely truffle, like a shaved, like the oil that's in front of me. You can see the shaving of the truffle that is in it, you know. And I think there's a lot of products out there that claim that they're, you know, a truffle product, but you can actually see that you have a truffle product, you know, whereas others are just kind of like, uh, an infused oil that that Correct. isn't yeah yeah <clears throat> no doubt yeah we we get most of our truffles from northern italy we make sure there's actual truffle in all the products um we're super meticulous about how we curate our base ingredients so we almost like to treat ourselves as a condiment company first um obviously the truffles are amazing and our vibe is uh you're invited is kind of our tagline and uh, it's just about friends and family and dinner parties and just enjoying food with people that you love. Um, that's kind of the, the premise of our vibe in general, but yeah, the, the truffles there, they're a mysterious, beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> just a lot of fun to play with. Have you ever tried to go somewhere to, to hunt for um, truffles with either a pig or with um, a dog that's been trained to? I'm actually headed to Siena um, next week. So I'm hopefully going to do my first truffle hunt. It's funny enough, I deal with all these importers, um, purveyors from overseas, whether we're importing ourselves or dealing with importers here. But funny enough, the truffles has not gone on a hunt on <laughs> his own. So I'm excited to break that ice. Um, that's between us, though. You know, not a lot of people know that I am. <laughs> well, us and all of our listeners now, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited for that and been invited a few times. Just timing hasn't worked out. So this time should be pretty cool to hunt for the summer truffles, which is really uh, the main truffle that we buy and curate. So that'll be super fun to see. Um, it's just a magical thing. And I love dogs and the whole the whole hunting and foraging aspect is just super cool. 
That is very cool. Um, now, one of the things that I love about your site is you also have recipes that are there so that people can utilize your your products and incorporate them into recipes at home. So how did you get started with creating or curating these recipes? And, you know, do, does anybody give you them or, you know, do you come up with that on your own? Oh, yeah, that kind of goes plays into like we like to be like very approachable as a brand. So we've spent a lot of time and effort to come up with great recipes. My dear friend, Chef Casey Korn, she's kind of been our head uh, recipe developer since the beginning. And we've just worked hard um, to just come up with cool ideas and make them fun and easy at home. I mean, the truffle products are mainly a finishing um, item to use. So she's just done such a good job and obviously creating original content for social and then killing two birds with one stone to have those recipes online. I mean, we, I think she's done, especially last year, I think over 120 recipes. Um, now we're kind of playing into the TikTok game. We have a, another chef content creator, Tony, who's amazing, um, who's doing more TikTok kind of style. Um, but he's also killing it with some really cool creative ideas. I think that's really fun for me. I hop on a phone with either Casey or Tony and we just talk about food and come up with cool recipes and they knock it out. I'm jealous a lot of the times because I'm not there to eat it. But uh, <laughs> we we have fun for sure just talking about food. I've definitely, I mean, obviously I, I have your truffle hot sauce um, and I've created a recipe around around that where it was a sweet and spicy so it was a, like sweet and spicy with some soy and um i believe i used honey and a little bit of brown sugar and the truffle hot sauce and you know with cornstarch and tofu and frying it up with a bunch of different veg veggies i know i'm missing some of the ingredients that i created but it turned out fabulous like enough so that people who haven't who don't necessarily like truffle love that um, and, and I actually know somebody who's kind of famous who I am going to throw under the bus. So, uh, Tony Luke loves your truffle hot sauce and he does, right, yeah, he doesn't like, uh, truffles at all. So he's going to kill me when he hears that, that I <laughs> threw him under the bus, but he, he does love your truffle hot sauce. And, you know, so how, speaking of Tony Luke, how did you come about with the cheese, the cheesesteak? Oh man, the cheesesteak thing. That's funny. Well, first of all, I'm, I think, um, you know, you got to be delicate with truffle products. I think it's all about balance and how you use them. And depending on the, either end of the spectrum, you could either balance it or, or go pretty, pretty intense with it. And I, I feel like that sweet spot is that just like that subtle little hint of truffle. Um, some people tend to overdo it, which is, I think, why some people don't like it. Um, anyway, segueing to cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks launched a year after we launched Trufflist. Was doing Schmorgersburg, doing all these pop-ups, you know, selling packaged good, and then seeing all these vendors really doing really well selling prepared food. So starting out, I had a lot of dinner parties. Um, I think it was like the Rangers were doing really well, and I was inviting people over for the hockey game and just cooking crazy food for them. And uh, yeah, so one night made cheesesteaks for 15 or 20 people. I always love cheesesteaks, always seek them out in New York, never really found a great one. 
couple great ones now out there, but um, I just made these cheese steaks and everyone was loving it. And uh, then everybody was asking like, where's the truffle oil? Where's the truffle honey? And then people were putting the truffle products um, on the cheese steaks that night. And that's kind of how it was born. Now, obviously we did Smorgasburg. We've done a bunch of urban space markets like Bryant Park Holiday Market. We just got into Smorgasburg, LA. Um, so we're doing cheesesteaks out here in LA. There's a couple of projects in the works um, here in LA and then also um, in New York. So I'm very excited to expand that part of the business. It's, uh, it's really, we have two, two companies and uh, it's just the love of food and being at these outdoor food markets. I love them so much. I think some of the best bites you can find in, in a city is at these kind of uh, these kind of markets and it's completely my vibe and um, really great for the brand exposure. Now speaking of your brand exposure and you know outside of the markets that you have um, your pop-ups at, where else can our listeners find you? Um, so we're, we're we definitely are nationally in small specialty cheese shops. I would say where you can find us the most in the Northeast. So we're in Whole Foods, Northeast, North Atlantic, and Mid-Atlantic. So we kind of have that region really well. Of course, you can buy our stuff online and on Amazon. Um, but yeah, our specialty is like just those beautiful mom and pop cheese shops. And of course, Whole Foods has one, been one of our, our best uh, partners and it's just a great store in general. I'd say that those would be the options to hit up. And our website has a store locator on there. So you just type in your zip and find the closest location. Now, can you ship to anywhere in the U.S.? Yeah, we ship nationally, um, even the perishable items. Uh, shipping cost is sometimes a little high if you're more than a two-day transit. But, uh, you know, go go ahead in there. And uh, the bratwursts are not to be missed. That's a beautiful collab with Schaller Weber. Uh, it's the most innovative and unique item. Uh, the truffle butter, obviously, we spoke about. That one's awesome. Truffle salami, which is a collab with my brother-in-law in upstate New York. So we, we have a lot of cool perishable items. And the brand new one, so excited about it, is the, the mousse de foie gras with truffles. Um, that's also a Schaller-Weber partnership. So we touching base on that is a good segue into talking about all these collabs and kind of what makes us different as a brand, which is something so fun. So the hot sauce is this great collab with Tango Chili. He's amazing. And we were buddies, salami and brat we already spoke about. Uh, so we have all these beautiful skews that are um, collabs with amazing other small brands that we're either friends with um, or we've decided <clears throat> to partner with. So it's been really fun. We just launched a beautiful truffle cheese, too. That's a collab with Metal Metal Family Farms, which is like a triple cream with our truffle sauce incorporated in it. It's delicious. That's, awesome. That's great. Jimmy, I thank you for coming on. Um, where can we find you on IG? Uh, so it's uh, at Truffleist and then at Cheesesteaks by the Truffleist. Awesome. All right. Thank you so thank much you, for Jimmy. joining us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and promote your business or event on every single podcast platform, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, 
in addition to WWDB Talk Radio every Tuesday at 6 p.m. evening drive time. Email us today at diningonadime at yahoo.com for our very low rates. And we're back, Chef Gene. Introduce our very, very special guest. Well, this one's very near and dear to my heart, being a lover of the game of football. So I take uh, great pride, great honor in introducing Justin Renfro from the NFL, the CFL, now currently with the Edmonton Elks, a local Philadelphia Penn Charter grad, Bucks County resident, and more importantly to any of that, a person who uses his platform as a pro athlete to help other individuals in need of food, in helping other ways, in just being a great humanitarian. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for that great introduction as well. Well, no, thank you for using your platform to help others. So, Justin, obviously, you know, a great career in the NFL, now in the CFL, uh, you know, certainly a, a high school star at Penn Charter, going on to University of Virginia and then down to Miami. You, you've you traveled a lot and you've seen a lot. Um, I, I can only assume that across the board, you saw the common need to help people and you've done so much. You, you, yes. you know, get involved. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're doing out there to help people in need. Um, you know, now it's uh, I do have the I started the new platform with my cooking show, What's Cooking Jr. And so now I'm really trying to use that to help people and uh, help different families. Uh, while in New Orleans shooting with uh, Parkway Poor Boys, I was able to feed a hundred. Uh, a hundred, I guess, I guess you would say staff who work in the orphanage system down there, kind of a day off and a, a thank you to them. So we were able to get poor boys to them and some of the kids. Uh, also in Bucks County, you know, right down the street from my house, I've, uh, you know, we've donated to different food pantries. I've, I've even done a few episodes as well where we cooked, you know, we cooked chicken fajitas and took them to the city so they could go to caring for friends and help people in the Philadelphia area during the pandemic. So it's just doing things I love to also help others, and it's it's going well. Well, your YouTube station, What's Cooking JR, is absolutely fascinating. When you go to restaurants, you do little episodes at various different locations. I've seen some locally, some in other cities. I urge anybody who's interested in food and travel to do go on to YouTube and check out what's cooking JR and, and tune in and see the great work that you're doing. Um, when you're up, you know, you're playing now for Edmonton. Do you do the same kind of stuff up there as well? So, you know, uh, I was previous, so we didn't play last year, obviously, of the pandemic. So two years ago, towards the end of the season, I did start doing this here. So the plan is to try to do it this year. But, you know, we have some restrictions because they're kind of putting us in a bubble up here. But, uh, you know, the plan is I'll be allowed to be around my teammates. We're with them all the time. So, you know, I might start transitioning. And if you go on my Instagram I've been preparing for the restrictions and stuff, so I've transitioned into also putting out a lot of content of me cooking as well. And so 
I have a backup plan if we're not allowed to be in restaurants and not allowed to be amongst the community as much this year. Then you'll see me doing a lot more cooking and barbecuing at home featuring different guest teammates. And, you know, we got a lot of NFL, CFL uh, stars up here on my team this year. And, you know, we we should make a pretty good run as well. So it'll be a fun season. Well, certainly be following you. And as I go through your career, I know, you know, from the NFL, you played with the Packers, you played with the Cardinals, you were with the Seahawks, you were San Francisco 49ers, um, <clears throat> you were with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking yeah. to a lifetime Eagle season ticket holder, but it's very funny. One yeah. of our other ho- one of our other guests in the studio today, when I when I said something about that, he said, "That's my team." I was like, "Okay, uh, you know," <laughs> okay. and, and with the Buffalo Bills, so you must have a big list of other food lovers to draw from because I know one thing about NFL yeah. players: there is a love of food for the majority yeah. of them. Yeah, so it's a good. I have a good net of people that I've played with and known throughout the years that. Uh, you know, hope to get on the show, and uh, you know that that's the a thing we'll have coming. But uh, right now, we gotta use the restrictions that are put into place right now and get it going however we can. Well, one of the the very u- unique stories about you, and it says a lot about who you are as a young man growing up, um, you know, through Penn Charter, growing up in the area. When you're at University of Virginia, you were involved in a camp. And they would go out and do different charitable things and all. And one of the things uh, I, I heard actually from you was, you know, a story about when you were going out to visit children that were born with AIDS. And one of the kids commented about, you know, you were one of the few people who ever played with him because he had AIDS or he had HIV. You know, what kind of impact on a young man? I mean, you're, you know, you're in college. Does... Does that have, I mean, that has to be dramatic to see that type of situation and change you, you know, what What, what was that like? You know, honestly, you know, a lot of, like, people have asked me that, and people were like, were you nervous? And that's like, a, that was something that I realized early on. Like, I, I was never nervous to be around other people, and I think a lot of that had to do with my parents. You know, my dad had his own construction business, and you know, we, he would, uh, I would be around a lot of different workers, a lot of people that came from a lot of different incomes and backgrounds. And so I think that's something that made me be open to this. And then just knowing that I had a positive impact because I was an athlete, it, uh, it really, it made me wake up and say, you need to continue to do this and continue to help people if it's going to, uh, do that much just spending an hour you know spending an hour playing basketball is something i already enjoyed it doing and would be doing at that time anyway as like extra conditioning because it was summertime so it's uh it's always been working and it's continued to grow as my career has grown so i have to ask you know i'm six two i tip the scales at about 245 you're Listed as six six, tipping the scales at about three hundred pounds. You're an offensive lineman. For anyone who doesn't know that, um, how do children, you know, in those situations, respond to you? I I, I kind of look at you and I and I see the smile on your face, and I look at the big teddy bear. But um, yeah. you know, 
uh, it's actually yeah a lot of people it's actually weird kids do gravitate uh to me uh, a lot of these events you will I, I get along well with the kids and uh you know it's it's just uh continue to be something that's a part of my life and 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 like you mentioned i've traveled city to city place to place and it's always a need in these cities. There's always kids at a boys and girls club. There's always kids at a big brothers, big sisters that need just some positive reinforcement. And, you know, I have the time and I feel like it's, uh, you know, I've been blessed to pretty much follow every dream I've, I've ever had. So I feel like it's almost a duty to give back to some people who might be just down on their luck at this point period of life especially as a child they can't control that so hey justin mark casasanto here in studio guest um congratulations first off i appreciate um, it Thank my you. daughter like you is opc she's opc 2014 that's all okay. pen charter for yes. you guys who don't know <laughs> i i, I do know. Uh, <laughs> uh so i i feel where you're coming from and i appreciate what you're doing my question to you is i work with a lot of pro athletes and their foundations are you mandated to do community service i tend to think not it sounds like you're doing all this from your heart uh yeah it's uh <laughs> it's really like even coming here to edmonton like i I used to be a part of Special Olympics Alberta. They saw me on the roster. They hit me up. And then it's just kind of something I I choose to do every city. I make sure I let the Big Brothers group know I'm there. I let the Special Olympics group know I'm there. And if they need somebody at some time, they just hit me up. And, you know, that's the funny thing. Like, the they respect that you're an athlete. They know the time constraints, but they – they ask, like, hey, we have this big event. Can you make sure to be there? And we have this event. If you're free on this day, can you come? And if, and when I have time, I go. And when, you know, we, we don't have time and we're practicing, I can't go. But more times than not, it's been working out that there's time for me to go. And I just uh, I go. And it's been a lot of fun for me. That's the that's the biggest thing from it. It's not, it's not a task. It's fun. You meet great people. Like uh, two seasons ago, I lived in a I lived in a nice hotel, lived on one of the uh, top floors, but literally three blocks away was a homeless shelter. Twice a week, I walked over there and served food to people I walked by on the way to practice, and I knew the homeless people that would be outside our practice field because I served them food twice a week. So it's just treating people like humans, and they treat you like a human, and you know you meet great people. I met painters, graffiti artists, you know, I've met all types of people doing all types of different events and people you wouldn't expect that change your life at the same time as you're changing their life. That's amazing work. Congratulations. I think that's a side of uh, professional athletes that not a lot of people see. They see the bad stuff uh, and a lot of times they don't see the the good stuff. Continued uh, blessings, my friend. Good stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, um, I also know that you pack lunches for, for kids who are food insecure, too. How did you get started in that? And is that in Canada or is that here in the U.S., too? Okay, so uh, that is you're speaking of Brown Bag Calgary. So uh, previous to this team, I spent most of my time in Calgary, Alberta. 
And actually, I the first time the team set me up to go there as an appearance, and because they were having like a big fundraiser, and so I went there, got to know the people, and then, you know, it was tough because that they packed lunches literally during our practice time, but every bye week of all the seasons I was there, I would always make sure. One day during the bye week, go in and give them uh, some time, pack lunches. And then I was blessed. One of my friends from Philly was up here, and we actually last year during the uh, – two years ago, not last year, two years ago, uh, we actually packed the lunches. And then they, they said, uh, why don't you go out? And so I actually went to the schools where we delivered it, you know, signed some autographs, said hi to kids and all that as well. And so it was a lot of fun, and I got to do it with one of my friends, Kenny Johnson from Philly, who's up in Canada training for his uh, overseas basketball. So it was, uh, you know, it's always a great experience. And then uh, we were fortunate enough in that same year to uh, win the Grey Cup. And so on my day that I had the Grey Cup, every player who stays in Canada gets a day with the Grey Cup. And so on my day with the Grey Cup, I took it to every one of the foundations I worked with. And again, like we were talking about earlier, you know, I won the Grey Cup, but like some of those people were just like, I never thought I would see a Grey Cup in person. And I think that that was priceless for me. You know, I got to take it to the Big Brothers, Big Sisters Christmas party. And, like, for all the kids, they didn't think – they thought Santa was coming. They didn't realize Santa <laughs> and the Grey Cup was coming. And so for all those kids and the people at WestJet who helped set that up, that was a great event. And so it's just doing things like that. And I could keep going down the list. In that same year, too, I, I coached a team. So I won the Grey Cup, which is the league Super Bowl. And then I also won the provincial championship, which is the equivalent of a state championship for the eighth grade team I coached that same year. So it's, just, it's always been a blessing for me at the same time when I'm giving back in all these places. You speak of uh, one of my favorite organizations in the world quite often, and that's Big Brothers Big Sisters. I was a board advisor for Big Brothers Big Sisters Bucks County. My wife was the director of development for Big Brothers Big Sisters Bucks County. Um, one of the great organizations you talk about the Christmas parties, people have no clue how important that event and, and what that organization does to help other individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you keep spreading that word and I just keep lighting up with yeah. joy as you talk about it, you know, yeah, um, cause I actually worked with, uh, big brothers, big sisters, bucks throughout, uh, some of this off season, a little bit. Uh, I, just a few events because the pandemic just lifted, but, you know, able to go to a couple fundraisers. And and for me, it was good to be able to give back back home. That's been something I haven't really done much because I play in all these cities that aren't Philly. So it was a good thing to be able to get back for the pandemic and do that. Well, when you're back here in Philadelphia, you look me up and we'll certainly get you involved. I'm involved uh, very deeply with a lot of uh food insecurity groups and, you know, working Sounds with good. charities in the area. And I know you're another Bucks County person, you know, would love to uh, have an opportunity to break bread with you and, and uh, help some people together. Um, we do a lot of different things out here for a lot of different groups and big brothers, big sisters, you know, is, is certainly a, a, an amazing organization. Um, look forward to. So you also have an apparel line, JR apparel, yeah. right? 
What, yeah. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Uh, so I really I started that in the pandemic as a way. Uh, well, actually, I officially was a company for profit during the pandemic. But it actually started two, three years ago as a way for me in, during the CFL season to raise money. And so the very first thing, Halo Headband, they've, uh, they've sponsored me ever since my rookie year in the CFL. Uh, we did a campaign together, basically raised money. And so Big Brothers of Vancouver, I was able to present them with a $500 check after selling uh, headbands to uh, to people throughout uh, who followed the Vancouver, uh, the BC Lions and who were in the Vancouver area. And so from there, you know, obviously we hit the pandemic. And so with the pandemic, I had time and I started producing apparel, you know, working with some people's lines. But that's kind of slowed down more with the cooking show. But I'm still, you know, helping out friends. Uh, Leon Johnson, who's the artist, LX, who's blowing up. He's uh, been on a lot of podcasts and rap YouTubes. I did some clothing work for him, you know. And now it's really turning in a way to help out friends, trying to create branding for other people. And then obviously I still have my Woods cooking stuff. So it, it, it's a way for me to, you know, shooting all these different restaurants. You know, I go to a city and boom, a seventh restaurant pops up. Well, I can now create a seventh. I can create a seventh out, outfit pretty easily because I know the tools and what I need to get done. So it's just another tool under my belt that I also use to help people. And, you know, down the road when I have a little more time and I'm not training for football, might even be able to do more with it. Well, you know, obviously you like to eat, and, I, and I've seen some of your episodes on YouTube, but you're pretty yeah. accomplished in the kitchen as well. I mean, you can hold your own, uh, you know, and, that, and that's coming from a chef that's telling you, you know, what yeah. I see, you can hold your own. Where did that come from? Is that uh, inspired by family? Where, where did your yeah. love and skill of cooking come from? So, like, football has always been a, a me and my dad thing. My mom supports it, and she's always there at my games. But, you know, my dad's the one that drives me the two hours to training when I was younger and all that different stuff. But in the kitchen, that was me and my mom's thing, you know, sitting, uh, you know, when big holidays, learning how to learning how she made different dishes and then slowly making my own dishes. And, you know, she worked overnights because she produced for Good Morning America. So she had to work overnight so it was ready for the morning show. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I had to make my own eggs and stuff because they had a different sto a story that came in last minute. And so, you know, slowly I knew how to make eggs. Then I knew how to make eggs and bacon. Then I was frying my own fish. And then it just progressed again, kind of like the community service thing progressed as I got older you know I know how to cook and we're in college I started cooking for my teammates on Sundays just so people could kind of feel at home get a solid meal every once in a while and then obviously in the NFL and CFL cooking for guys and it's just again another way you know camaraderie be around your friends and it's something I like to do I think it's the I like being around my friends, being around people, and then, you know, food food makes everybody happy. And so it's just grown like that. So now I'm cooking with some of the top chefs in the world. 
I was just going to ask, have you uh, have you sat down with some of the other chefs and that are, you know, that you've been around and actually cooked alongside with them? But you kind of just answered that question. Um, yeah. So what out of all of the things that you've created in the kitchen, what is one of your favorite go to's to create? Uh, favorite go to to create. Mm, that's that's tough because I'm really like a whatever I'm in a taste for type of cook. Like this right now, I've been on a seafood kick. I, I guess I'll answer it that way. I've been on a seafood kick. So for the honestly, the go to in the last I'd say the last three months, the go to has definitely been charboiled oysters. I'm a little in uh. After going to Drago's, and then they sent me uh, one of their kits to do a video for them at home as well, and I just fell in love with them. And uh, also, they have that Cajun, the Cajun shrimp. So that you know, you got to watch eating all that stuff with football season. So now I'm back on the healthy food, the good broccoli and lemon pepper chicken breast. So. It's you, you know. I was down ashore over the weekend, and I had a couple great meals out, but. Sunday afternoon, I went to the store to get oysters, and I was going to do some mm-hmm. charbroiled oysters. And I went in, and I said, you know, what do you got in oysters in the back? And the guy says, that woman in front of you just bought the entire stock of what I had left. She bought the last <laughs> case. Now you said that. Now I, have, now I have to plan a dinner around all that. But, you know. Yeah. So you've eaten all over the country. You've tried a lot of places. I don't want to put one above another, but... You know, if you have a, a couple go-to places in different cities in America, what are your places yeah. to go? Uh, well, in our Bucks County area, definitely uh, go-to is Menino's uh, Family Restaurant, uh, three, uh, 312 West Trenton Ave. Sure. I mean, I, I pretty much go there once a day, you know, even, even if I'm just – I just – some a salad you know sometimes but they have everything they have a little they have a special menu too when you go there i do have my own pizza there i forgot to, i forgot to mention that too i have my own pizza there i created a pizza there going there so many times so you know that's a that's a great place uh gotta say ottawa and ontario uh i'm looking forward hopefully when we go play there uh to go to Pilly Pilly. Now, that's some of the best, I don't know, it's just some of the best ch- chicken I've ever had. It's a, it's a grilled chicken, but they use herbs and spices from Africa. And if you ask any player in the CFL, when they go to Ottawa, they're going to Pilly Pilly. And so that's, uh, that's a great place. Place that got me started on oysters in Vancouver, Chewy's Oyster, Oyster Bar. They're definitely a good spot, so people are going around. And then, let's see, for all the sushi fans, I had the opportunity to cook with them, too. Uh, Chef Jeffrey Lee uh, at uh, at Juni in San Francisco, which stands for 12. They only have, they only have 12 seats a night, so he's booked wow. up all the time. I and he's a Michelin, Michelin guide-rated chef as well, so... I got to cook alongside him and make sushi with him. And he also did some private tasting for me and one of my teammates, Brandon, Brandon Rutley, who went with me. And it was amazing. I've actually done a sushi cl- class um, in Philly at Tuna Bar. 
And mm-hmm. I have to say it was a lot of fun. It was a little messy, um, <laughs> but yeah. getting the hang of actually slicing the, the, the rolls properly. Yeah. That yeah. was actually fun. Did you have fun doing that? Yes. And then we did a lot of what the sashimi too. So that was the raw fish and then roll. He taught me how you put the raw fish and you know how it's on top of the rice. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to actually like roll that jiggling that in your hand. And he taught me how to do that. And it is you like you were saying it was messy though. All the water and rice. Yeah, it was crazy. It was fun though. And like, as yeah, you said, the rolling part. Yeah, getting getting the roll down. I I ended up doing the rolls backwards, so they were always like, "Oh, you did an inside out," and they thought I did it on purpose. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did that on purpose." <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're back up in Bucks County, uh, reach out. I want to take you to a place, a new little Italian restaurant that opened up in in Warminster area. Actually, it's an Italian restaurant called La Voglia, um, one of the best okay. little Italian places. They opened up in the height of the pandemic believe it or not. Oh, wow. And, they got to be good then. And they <laughs> took off, and it's one of the few places where you can get cheek meat as well on the menu. And I know Mark will be okay. happy to hear that you can get cheek meat there. But, you know, I'd love yeah. to take you as my guest and, and you know, and <clears throat> have you up there for dinner. Definitely. You know, the rest of them are like, where, where, why am I not going to get invited here? But, you know. So, yeah, we definitely, when I come back on the bye week, we'll have to go through there. Absolutely, absolutely. So as we're starting to wind down the show, um, how can people support some of the things that you're doing either locally or nationally or is, you know, uh, a way that people can get behind either, you know, the brown bag lunch program or some of the work you're doing locally in Bucks County or the region or anything yeah. you're doing? Uh, the main thing would be follow my Instagram, uh, Renfro, and then the cooking, uh, most of the primarily cooking at the JR Network. There's stuff on both, but follow my Instagrams and you will, uh, you will see, you basically see any event I'm doing, any flyer, anything that's going on like that, you'll, it'll be posted there. And how about the apparel line, if people want to get on and Buy uh, some yeah, apparel. Justin Justin Renfro Apparel on Instagram, and that will lead you. Uh, that will lead you to the store. Absolutely fabulous, Justin. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you know, our best wishes for an, for an absolutely fabulous, fabulous season ahead. Um, we look forward to you know following you, and you know, thank you for using what you do as a platform to help so many other people and teach people about food and teach people about giving back. You're really an inspiration and a role model. And, you know, I know I can have this conversation with so many pro athletes out there because people don't know the great work that pro athletes are doing out there in the community. And thank you for you know bringing this to the spotlight. No, thank you for having me. It was it was great to talk to you guys, and I look forward to uh, meeting up with you uh, during the bye week. We look forward to that. I'm going to be putting that on my schedule. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Oh, and we'll be right you. back. And we'll be right back. Let's go to break. Tune in to Dining on a Dime to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at IBFoodie2 or Gene Blum at 
ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amaris Pollock and find her across social media at A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S at gmail.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Mark Casasanto, Director of Operations at Imperial Event Security, uh, as well as the featured columnist on Philadelphia Row Home Magazine. Two outstanding jobs that do a great deal of service for the city of Philadelphia. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Mark, before we get into Philadelphia Row Home Magazine a little bit, um, I often say, you know, people think that security is about access management. And having been around you for as many years as I have, it is so much more. The services that Imperial provides and you provide is so much more than access management. Tell us a little bit about what event security really is. Sure. So you have to be a walking ambassador, basically. Uh, you, you have to take pride in yourself, the shirt you're wearing, the company you're representing. And more importantly, in third-party security, you're being hired by associations, uh, companies, festivals, whoever you're representing, whether it be the Philadelphia Flower Show, Philadelphia Auto Show, you are, in essence, representing them. So I like to say when you're live during show hours, during open hours, you better be an ambassador in customer service and guest services. And then the focus shifts. When the show closes, right, if you're an exhibitor or, or a marketing person, you want to leave knowing that you're set up, your materials, your audiovisual, uh, if it's a concert, your instruments, you want to know that's safe. So I often say the focus shifts when the show closes and you say goodnight to everybody, that's when your security really kicks in a little bit. So you have to be dual purpose individuals. And when you talk about being an ambassador, that really people don't realize, like last week, 4th of July weekend, I happened to see you at the Mann Center for Performing Arts for Welcome America. But I know you were also over at the convention center handling, handling the Olympic fencing trials and Correct. who's going to the Olympic games for the U.S. team. So, you know, in a situation like that, your spotlight is really global. You know, you're putting on a face for people from all over the world that are watching and, and doing things. Tell us, you know, other, obviously the flower show, which I know you from and things like that. You know, what type of other events do you represent in the city of Philadelphia? Gotcha. So uh, just to harken back to July 4th, it was really great to walk into the Mann Center. Uh, Jerry Bates and I opened the Core State Center. He's now director of operations there. Uh, I hear Rocco yelling at me. I hear you yelling at me. I, I see Julian from Live Nation. It's a beautiful picture of how big but how small the live event industry really is. And I, I tell everybody, a current intern, I was like, listen, make sure you're able to walk your bridge and cross it back. You don't burn bridges in this industry. But with that said, yeah, global focus is, is correct. For instance, it wasn't Philadelphia, but the reason I'm all raspy right now and a little tired, I got in from Baltimore in the wee hours this morning. Uh, we did a pay-per-view uh, wrestling event for Ring of Honor. Oh, nice. Sure. And, you know, so you talk about make sure you got the right people, make sure you look right, smell right, act right. I've got staff in our shirts on pay-per-view. I don't know where that pay-per-view is going. People are purchasing that 
So, you know, they're looking at everything. And uh, so that's, you know, in Baltimore, that was the first event back at UMBC uh, Event Center, which is now Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena, mouthful. But here in Philadelphia, same thing. Uh, you know, when we did the flower show outside for the first time ever, drones are flying overhead because everybody wants to capture the beauty of it, the experience of it. Uh, 6ABC goes live with the galas and, and whatnot. So you have to be an ambassador, again, for what you're doing, who you're representing, and you got to love your city. I mean, it's almost like representation going to the Olympics games, right? Absolutely. So it leads me into a, a little bit more about you. You are a featured event columnist on Philadelphia Row Home magazine. Um, you know, something that's near and dear to your heart. You've been in the row home world for a lot of years. Uh, this month's issue actually has a great event about Philadelphia Live magazine. It also has a great event about event security. How did you get involved in, in Philadelphia Row Home, and, and what's that all about? So it was crazy. I was a writer in high school, and I was an editor-in-chief of the high school paper many, many moons ago. And uh, one of my favorite classes was written and speech communications. I don't know why I took to it. I did. Uh, long story short, I was coaching an upstart soccer team from South Philadelphia. Congratulations, Italy, by the way. Yes. I'm yes. very proud of that. Uh, and I'm, I'm coaching a bunch of uh, kids from South Philadelphia who knew very little about soccer. Uh, and in the course of a couple years, we really got our acts together, so much so that we won the city championship. Unheard of, because all the great soccer powers were from the Northeast in the suburbs. So we did good things, and uh, Rojo Magazine contacted me. And in the course of them doing the interview and the story on me and my team, I said, hey, you know, I'm a writer. And I never looked back. It's almost 16 years later. I put my first um, story out, and I called it On the Corner with Mark Casasano. And guess what? It's been a column ever since. So I, I enjoy the heck out of it. In this current issue, I have a column called Decision 55. And what it was is it's my 55th year of birth. This is my 55th year of life. So I wanted to really, really live it up. Um, and as you know, Big Rocco uh, offered me an opportunity when we were doing um, the drive-in concerts over the summer during the height of the pandemic. Uh, he said, you think you might want to come out and help us out for the Super Bowl? I thought about it for maybe three seconds and said yes. Uh, we were kind of quiet still with Imperial. Nothing was kicking yet. And it was a good opportunity to go because this was a time that would autom ordinarily be the auto show. So it wasn't happening this year. It was perfect, perfect, perfect timing. I'm glad I went. It gave everybody a look-see in how you could do things right during a global pandemic. We all came home healthy. We were tested multiple times. I'm not going to lie to you. The 4.30 wake-up calls to get tested were pretty rough. But, hey, that's the event business, right? Early mornings and late nights. Great opportunity. Wonderful uh, relations. Uh, just a great time, great bunch of people. I'm really, really, really happy I did it. Well, I could honestly say that while I missed all the COVID protocol and stuff, I was very happy when I would see all the grumblings about the 4.30 wake-ups, and <laughs> I was still in bed at that time, so I, I was bet. really happy. In they addition, didn't tell you I was sleeping on a patio out by the uh, pool, though, right? <laughs> no, no, they didn't well, tell some makeshift bed, but that's okay. Yeah. That's all part of it. 
you're you're a food lover and you're Italian, a South Philadelphia person. I, I know we uh, we broke bread a little bit this summer at the drive-in concerts when I was bringing in some homemade stuffed peppers and we were talking about them and you, you know sharing some of them a little bit. Um, so somebody coming to Philadelphia, coming and they want to try, you know, a couple of the locals. What are you suggesting? I like, and I don't like, I love uh, Grand Cafe L'Aquila. Uh, yes. Part of it, the reasoning that is, I'm a Brute Sades, and uh, I fight with everybody. I'm like, listen, Brute Sades make the best cooks, so just fight me if you don't, you know, just let's have at it. So uh, I love it. There, um, there are Brute Sades over there, and they feature that kind of dining. Uh, Liver 2 on Passchunk Avenue, awesome. Just amazing, amazing stuff. I tend to lean Italian, obviously, because uh, it's what I like. It's what I know, and I could sit there and critique it. My uh, father-in-law, my ex-father-in-law, who's now deceased, was a chef on Costa Cruise Lines, and my brother had a restaurant in Cape May for many, many years as a chef. So I know what's good, and I know what's bad. Well, the name of Costa Sante, I would have never expected you to lean Italian. <laughs> and that catches me off guard. You know? he, does, he doesn't look Italian at all. Not not one lick not, of it. Not, <laughs> I don't have the tattoo that says love mom. Or, <laughs> or like yeah. a rosary. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. I do have the cross, though, but not the horn. <laughs> okay. okay. So, event security world. You know, obviously, uh, one of the things I saw at the flower show, you guys were kept very busy. We were in... 92 degree heat and humidity every day. The thing that people don't realize is not only are you there for, you know, controlling entrance and exit and, and all that stuff, you guys are really the first responders. You know, you're making the evaluation before 911 gets there, whether we need to call 911, whether we need to look at all that stuff. Do you have requirements for training? What's the background of people going into this? Are you hiring currently in the labor crisis we're at but uh, a little bit about you know what it takes to be an event security person sure sure uh we do a lot of training uh, obviously however in today's very litigious world we don't want to, not that we don't want to help i'm not saying that we don't want to step in where our expertise should not be uh case in point just last night and at the flower show i had a couple people almost go down in my arms in fact they did so our first recourse is to go ahead and radio for EMT. We have basic skills. Um, we're, we're trained to identify different ailments, different, you know, what might be happening if it's heat stroke. Uh, for instance, I'm a concussion specialist, a cardiac failure specialist certified and whatnot. So every little piece of training helps. Um, and that's important because you, in essence, could save a life in the minute or two it takes to get proper medical personnel there. And yes, we are hiring. Um, people were dropping like flies because of the heat. My staff, I'm not saying anyone else. Mm. Uh, during the flower show, it was a new and unique experience. Um, what we're finding, and I'm not unlike anybody else, and nor is my company, it's tough to get people out of the homes right now and back into the workforce. Uh, we did a hiring event today. We had like six people show yeah. up. That's crazy. Uh, so everybody's looking for qualified help. Everybody's looking for work. I think it'll turn itself around come the fall. But um, I've got some big shows on my doorstep coming up, and I can't wait till the fall. So if you want event security work, come see me. So that leads us into the closing of the show or the closing of this session. 
How do people get hold of Mark Casasanto for Imperial Events work and if they want to hire Imperial? And then also about Row Home Magazine. Uh, great. So let's go with Row Home first. I am on the corner, Mark. All my um, social media is on the corner, Mark. Instagram, Facebook, on the corner, Mark at Gmail. If you want to talk to me, anything, Row Home Magazine. In terms of Imperial Security, follow us. I the best way to do it is legit follow us on instagram it's i-e-s-s events at i-e-s-s events or i-e-s-s underscore hr and you'll see all our information there you could also reach me at mark m-a-r-k at i-e-s-s events.com well, thank you very much, thank Mark. Thank you, Mark. We, we were My able to pleasure. keep Kevin quiet about his Yeah, I'm not allowed stories. to talk. We're going to so. talk. They wanted talk, to put talk, a muzzle fly. on me. I said, okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, phillyrestaurantreviews.com with an S. Amorous Pollock, give your tags. You can find me at AR Pollockus or Amorous Pollock on most social media or email me directly at arpollockus at gmail.com if you'd like to come on the show. Chef Jean. You can find me across social media at either Gene Blum or ibfoodie2, or you can always email me directly at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two at yahoo.com. And we'll see you next week.